listening to Adjective New Music's podcast, Lexical Tones. I'm your host, Rob McClure. Subtle, introspective, gestural. Julia Mermelstein is a Toronto-based composer whose music focuses on detailed tone color, textures, and gestural movement that reveal evocative and immersive soundscapes. She extensively works with electronics, blending acoustic and electronic sound worlds in seamless interactions. Her music takes influence from Buddhist philosophy, psychology, dance, and ritualistic tendencies that shape her relationship to form, stillness, and a sense of space. Good to meet you. Um, I kind of reached out because uh, some time ago I was uh, judging a a competition and I heard your your piece uh, Sunder for flute, piano, and electronics. And unfortunately, I don't think it won the competition (laughs) due to, let's say, a a different aesthetic direction of the other judges. But I remember being just so struck by the piece. Oh, thank you. So, yeah. So uh, tonight we'll be listening to two more recent pieces, uh, both written uh, in the last year, 2019. And I wanted to start off with your piece, uh, Density Swells Up Close in Breath. Uh, for two pianos. Where did the idea for this piece come from? So it was really inspired by this poem uh, by Alice B. Fogel, who's an American poet, uh, and the poem is called Unlocking. And it really deals with a lot of these extremes in nature, um, focusing on some imagery that's really taking these like larger movements from environments, but then also going really uh, close in detail and say like insects in the grass. And I kind of wanted to play with those extremes in this piece with the two pianos. Um, and because it was a duo, I, I really wanted to play with the dynamic between the two musicians and kind mm-hmm. of have this push and pull effect between both of them while they're playing. And uh, that kind of led to this idea of these accelerating pulses that happen between the two. And then I kind of went into this other idea of recording their heart rates while they were playing some passages of the music. And so Uh we had like a little workshop session where uh, they played some faster excerpts from the score. um, And then I've recorded their heart rates with a Fitbit um, and then kind of (laughs) translated that into uh, these kind of overarching rhythmic curves so I wasn't super exact or scientific with how that translated into the music but it kind of influenced how these changing pulses would uh, fluctuate over time wow that's that's awesome yeah so that uh that poem Mm -hmm. uh unlocking how did you how did you find this poet how did you find that poem is this someone that you read uh, you know, regularly, or was this kind of a just uh, an interesting find? <laughs> yeah, I just found it online and started reading more of her poetry, and then I decided to just reach out to her because I had this uh, vocal piece that I was working on, uh, just to see if maybe I could use some text from her, 
And uh, yeah, she wrote back to me and she listened to some of my music and was super inspired by it. And it was a really cool connection. Uh, and I was able to use uh, some text from another poem, which was really nice too, to kind of have more of a collaboration with her it was really cool. And you said in your program notes for this that the the two lines from this poem um, mm-hmm. unlocking that were really you, you really thought about quite a bit while writing this piece was their shadows pull you to the shore, their size fills your lungs with sky. How how are you kind of uh, like what what are those two lines mean to you? What do they mean to the piece? How are you kind of using them to inform your musical decisions? Yeah, it was really both in the kinds of colors I was using uh, sonically, um, having these really dark, uh, really large resonant sounds, really building with the pianos, and then kind of evaporating into more stillness. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really wanted to play with those kinds of movements that she has and just distills in those two lines like I I was just really captivated by that kind of imagery and I just immediately like heard heard sound from reading that um yeah and it kind of plays into what I was saying before of this push and pull effect this like gravity and weight going back and forth between Mm -hmm. how the musicians are interacting with one another and I kind of wanted to to explore that in the music. Yeah, that that last line, their their size fills fills your lungs with sky. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And di- and you said you you've worked on uh you've used her poetry in another piece. Which one was that? Yeah, so it's it's an ongoing piece right now. Um it's for solo voice and live electronics. And it's uh-huh. going to involve now four dancers, uh, video, dance video, and I'm also going to be a mover in the space, too. Uh-huh. So it's like a really interdisciplinary piece. Um, but that poem is called Like Waking. So okay. that's that's for that piece. Um, are With this piece, are you a pianist? Yeah. 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 So... I mean, one of the things that I love about this piece is that, and we're going to kind of explore this with the with the other piece we're going to listen to as well, but I think because, you know, I'm listening to this on a recording and not watching, you know, this as a performance, um, it just kind of sounds like one humongous piano, you know, yeah. and, and Obviously, it couldn't be that because we know like what's what's possible for one pianist to do. And I think that, you know, one of the cool things about this, you know, you're able to explore ideas like like, for instance, those muted, rapidly repeating note moments. Mm -hmm. You know, you're able to explore those because if you were to write that in a solo piece, like that would be the only thing that's going on. Because yeah. of the physicality of of actually doing that, you know, you have to have one hand inside the piano, one hand on the keys, which means you can only really be doing that. But 
uh, with this, you know, you can you can have those mo- that moment in one piano while the other piano is doing something harmonic or doing a, the the a same type of gesture, just maybe on another pitch or something. So we're able to hear this kind of piano in this recording it's like seemingly being performed by this like four to six armed person you know that can do all of these extended techniques and big textures so when you were writing this as as a duo were you you know you talked about you were you were wanting to explore like the push and pull between the two parts but but were you also were you conceiving it as like forces in opposition or two two uh pianos coming together to form like one kind of hyper piano or or amalgamated instrument yeah it was more the latter like having these giant sounds just overwhelming the space but then yeah like i i just love the set, the resonance from pianos like mm-hmm. i i could listen to a chord diminishing in in space for like so long <laughs> like mm-hmm. i could hear yeah. that sound for as long as it could last and i just really love the act of building up those sounds into a space and you can do that so much more with two grand pianos like that sound will last so much longer um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to play, play with that kind of dynamic. Where does the, where does the title come from? Or, or if it doesn't come from anywhere, yeah. if it just comes from you, like, what does it mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't want to quote the poem at all. So I kind of wanted to create, uh, my own interpretation of what could fit in with the poem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of how I... I came up with that title. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I titles are so difficult for me. They're always last minute. Um, That's a very common theme among yeah, composers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I always put it to the side. I hate spending time on it. Uh, but this one actually was, was easier for me for mm-hmm. some reason. Maybe of just being really uh in depth with this poet's world and like really reading more of her stuff kind of inspired me to to come up with it so yeah yeah uh who was this piece commissioned by like how did this piece kind of come to be yeah so it it was commissioned by a young piano duo here in toronto um called la fiamata piano duo uh, who is made up of Linda Ruan and Carissa Vandekas. And uh, they were just graduating from the Glenn Gould School, uh, which is a part of the Royal Conservatory program here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like an undergrad. And they had never commissioned a composer before. They strictly play very traditional classical repertoire. Wow. Yeah. So this okay. was a very new thing for them. And they found my music and really, really connected with me. And we met up for coffee and just started talking about ideas. And uh, yeah, we just really hit it off. And I wanted 
to write them a piece that wasn't too out there in terms of extended techniques and odd ways of playing with the piano. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to find ways where they could have fun with different kinds of sounds and uh, different ways of approaching the piano, but at the same time kind of push them in a slightly different direction to show them what new piano music could be like. Yeah, because the piece, it doesn't have, you know, you're not inside the piano that often other than no. just like muting the strings yeah i think at the i think at the beginning i heard maybe kind of one sweep across the yeah strings there's or something. yeah there's one of those yeah but yeah but, minimal. It, but but like you say it is it is pretty much mostly on the keys but i think that the one thing that it does that you know maybe if they're if they're only accustomed to playing kind of you know, traditional rep, the one thing that it does, it, it kind of treats the piano more as a textural instrument than strictly a melodic and harmonic instrument. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So are they the, is that the duo that we're going to hear on this recording? It is. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, and I do have to say it was supported by the Ontario Arts Council. That's okay. an important thing you got you got to mention here in Canada are the the commission grants that you get for different pieces. So, yeah, 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 yeah. They um yeah, I'm I'm aware of that. I just uh I just recently got um my first Ohio uh Ohio Arts Council grant. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so I'm I'm reading about all of the different ways I need to make sure I credit them and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're super particular, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's listen to this piece right now. So this is Density Swells Up Close in Breath.
The other piece we're going to listen to is also a duet and also for two like instruments. Uh, this piece is Out of Grains Within Clouds, and it's for two marimbas, sandpaper, wood, and electronics. So for this piece, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this before that, you know, when I'm listening to this, and the first piece, because I don't have like the visual counterpoint of multiple people on stage and the even more so the spatial effect of being in the room to hear where each sound is coming from, whether it be the the marimba or, you know, the electronics coming out of speakers. Um, 
you know, w- since I don't have that, uh, and, or, or rather, if I had that information, I might interpret things a little bit differently. But given that we'll be hearing a recording, it really seems like with the last piece and this piece, you are interested in creating that kind of hyper instrument where all the elements are working to together to create this like bigger than life sound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, does does that kind of describe you know? I mean, certainly, I th- that's what made me think of in these two pieces. But is that kind of a common theme in your in your other music? It is, uh, especially recently. Like I, I find it so much easier to think of things as this one cloud of sound rather than mm-hmm. thinking of how all of these individual parts will kind of be independent or creating their own counterpoint. I'm really much thinking of these, yeah, large amalgamations of, of sound and how, how each instrument can uniquely contribute to that one texture. I think, you know, one way that kind of really manifests itself in this piece, especially in the beginning, you know, the marimbas and the electronics really blend so well together that you are kind of, you're almost like augmenting the capabilities of the marimba in kind of a Mario Davidovsky synchronisms number six kind of way. Mm. You know, was that, is, is that kind of where you were coming from? when working on this piece, thinking about, well, this is what the marimba can do. What can the electronics kind of be being so close in timbre to the marimba, what can they kind of trick you into thinking that the marimba can do? Yeah. Yeah. That's something I really like to do with electronics, with chamber music is augmenting uh, the resonance of different instruments. So like the marimba, it has a very short attack. It really does. <laughs> it really does. And I personally really struggled with that in writing this piece. And so the electronics really helped me kind of f- create a totally different space with the instrument. And I really wanted to extend the resonance of these different chords that I play with. Um, so I actually recorded samples with the musicians and then I time stretched uh, the chords. Uh, so you do hear a little bit of artifacts in the time stretching, um, mm-hmm. a little wobbling. And I really like capturing those little defects in there. Um, I find it gives some interesting character to the, to the sound. Now, is this, is this fixed or is this live? It's fixed. Um, but I'm cueing everything live. So kind of like f- uh, triggered, triggered fixed media yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not a huge fan of having performers play with a click, so mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like chopping up the different tracks and kind of doing a bit of live mixing at the same time to really give some flexibility to how they're performing. Well, and this this piece, I think I saw on your website that this piece might have been originally conceived with dance. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it was. So were you like, did you kind of work with a choreographer and kind of come up with this piece together? Or was this already done and was kind of selected for choreography? 
So I knew it was going to be a collaboration with uh, dancers, uh, but I actually came up with the whole concept for the piece and all of the sound ideas uh, were really, uh, it was really up to me of how I wanted to, wanted the piece to evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened was I did a rough recording of the piece when it was finished with the musicians, and then the choreographer uh, had that to choreograph to. So the music was already done uh, when the dance was starting to be involved in the project. Is this, I mean, is there freedom in this piece, like in terms of like temporal freedom? Um, or Or is this like, you know, at a tempo, strictly notated, it's always going to be this way. Yeah, it's actually strictly notated. Wow, okay. Yeah. Because it has that feeling of, you know, like freedom yeah. in it. Yeah, I do emphasize a lot of really holding chords or holding a gesture um, because during the performance, the the percussionists, they're actually uh, extending their arms into space. Mm-hmm. Um before they lower to to play the next gesture, and so that also opens up the time a bit more for uh, how how sections flow from one to the next. Um, yeah, but other than that, it is pretty strictly notated. Um, mm-hmm. I always emphasize with musicians, though, uh, if. If you need more time, take more time. Sure. But um, yeah, no now, improvisation in this one. Okay. Now there seems to be, you know, it, it the electronics start out in this very, um, not really sine wavy, but, uh, you know, pretty close to the timbre of the marimba, you know, really mm-hmm. warm um, uh, electronic sounds that blend well with the marimba. And then as we move on, the uh, sounds become more brittle, more abrasive, more not well, not really abrasive, but you know, gritty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. yeah. So, what what did those sounds start out as, and where did where did this idea come from to to kind of get into that grittiness of the of the sound? Yeah. So all of those sounds were derived from sandpaper samples that I recorded. Uh, different grades so some were a lot softer some were like super harsh Uh, and so I recorded myself doing some different scratches (laughs) different wired brush some some woodworking (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Um, so yeah recording lots of variations of sandpaper sounds Um, and then filtering those through lots of different distortions and bit crushers to really get these prickly, tingly sounds. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I I I was wondering because it really did seem like a at, at certain moments it had that organic quality to it, and at other moments it had this very digital quality to it. So yeah. that must be the bit crusher. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the main idea for using that was. Um, 
from this painting that I saw at the Art Gallery of Ontario called Painting Number 147 by a Spanish Great abstract title. painter, <laughs> Louis Fieto. Yeah. Uh, and so the materials he uses in that painting are a mix of oil, uh, oil paints, uh, pebbles, and sand. And he blends them in these really interesting ways. He has these really ethereal, almost like cloud-like structures, but then up front there's these really harsh and gritty mm -hmm. textures that just stand out, but then you see them starting to blend into these clouds. And I, was, I wanted to use that in this piece, so that kind of inspired that whole mix of the very mellow, resonant... Uh, sounds with the marimba, but then also using the sandpaper. Yeah. With the first piece, and also, I mean, with the first piece, you were inspired by a poem, and then this piece, you are, you know, you're taking inspiration from a painting. Are other other forms of art? Do you find yourself kind of? going to those or not necessarily going to those but finding inspiration of those for a lot of your pieces uh it really goes back and forth um more recently i've been inspired by poetry um but dance is a huge inspiration for me like mm. i i come from a pretty strong dance background doing ballet pretty extensively uh almost thinking that maybe that could be a potential career yeah <laughs> but uh i've been revisiting that more so with dance collaborations like this piece but then also using choreography with musicians and thinking about how movement uh is can be interpreted with sound and mm -hmm. how movement can be uh influence with how the musician is using their body on stage even if it's in a very subtle way so i kind of take inspiration from those types of elements of dance and also think of these general 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 like choreographies of how musicians are interacting with one another and thinking of it in this like global moving space you know, you, one of your adjectives is gestural mm -hmm. and is that, is this kind of background in physical gesture is you find yourself that that's making its way into your music quite a bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Like I'm really interested in how uh, a musical gesture like totally transcends into just the physical. Like what does it look mm -hmm. like when the body is just doing those same movements with no sound. Um, and so I like to explore th that whole departure. Mm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, with this piece, it seems like you are very concerned with controlling register for the instruments. Mm. The marimbas kind of live in these different registral regions and i think in your program notes you really talked about i mean clouds is in the title mm -hmm. but you really talked about you know kind of creating clouds and and not necessarily lines but these areas 
And I think, and I think you do that really well in the, you know, in the using, using the marimba and using the electronics. So is that something you were kind of thinking about with this piece, you know, thinking about controlling register? Yeah, for sure. I wanted, I wanted it to, to really be the space that you seep into almost like, yeah, really, um, really using, um, these different moments and when, um, sorry, I'm kind of <laughs> losing, losing my thought here. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long day. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say right now. Sorry. <laughs> so yes, register. <laughs> yeah. Register. Register. You know, you talked about using sandpaper, uh, as a, as a sound source for the recordings, but it's also a live sound creating element in the performance. So you're using uh, these textural elements, sandpaper and wood, you know, it seems like, you know, that is the literal connection to the painting, mm -hmm. but is this also a connection to the marimba itself and kind of, again, augmenting what, you can or in this case cannot physically do to the marimba yeah um yeah i i wanted to find uh found objects that could blend mm -hmm. with the marimba but then also be really distinct um and so that that was one reason i chose the found wood uh it's just it has a very different quality um, to the marimba and kind of stands out in a sense. Um, and then the sandpaper uh, was really having to do with the painting and that inspiration. And I just immediately knew that that's where I was going to get my grittiness and the rough yeah. textures. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm a percussionist cool. and I've listened to a lot uh, listened to and played a lot of marimba music <laughs> and this is so unlike anything i've heard for the instrument mm -hmm. i think it's fantastic thank you i've kind of put a ban on myself for writing anything for the instrument just because hmm. You know, that's really what I began writing in my like the my very first pieces were for marimba, which makes sense because that's what I was playing. And it's like, oh, that's my instrument. I'm going to write for it. But anymore, I really wouldn't know what to say because I've I've done a lot uh, for the instrument. But also that that instrument kind of represents like my compositional adolescence hmm. in a way, you know? Yeah. But this piece is something I think, you know, it's really, it's something completely new. Um, and I, th it's, it, you know, as I was listening to it, I was like, wow, I've, I've never really like, you know, you, you, you listen to a lot of marimba pieces and it's a lot of, you know, notes and rhythm. <laughs> which your piece is as well but that's not yeah. the central you know it's not the central focus yeah and it's i don't know this piece kind of started unlocking some some things for me so hmm. anyway i, I cool. just think I, I think it's very it's very good so thank you <laughs> so congratulations on <laughs> thank this. you yeah. i i really struggled with this piece because 
when I was doing my research and listening to lots of marimba pieces, <laughs> I wasn't really connecting to a lot of it. Yeah, and, I can imagine why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not a very rhythmic composer right now. Maybe mm-hmm. down the road I'll explore more of that in my music, but right now I'm very much into soundscapes and these moving textures, and I was really trying to figure out ways to to kind of take some of my electronic music inspiration and kind of bring that into the marimba world. Yeah, I was I was when you said soundscape, I was going to ask like is this is this kind of well, I mean, when did when did you start studying electronic music and what kinds of electronic things are you kind of interested in? Uh I would say I think it was around 3 years ago that I uh-huh. started like really getting into writing for electronics. Um, And it first started out with just field recordings and kind of slowly manipulating those sounds Mm -hmm. um, and finding ways where instruments could mimic different sounds from the field recordings. Um, But in the past year or so, it's been more about augmenting um, the instruments, finding these extended resonances and really time-stretching things. Um, and that's that's really been my focus these days with electronics, is finding ways where the instruments are very seamlessly interconnected with all of the sounds that are coming from the electronics where sometimes it's kind of this illusion you don't really know where the sound is coming from and I really like to play with that dynamic so a lot of the electronic sounds are direct samples from the score um, Mm -hmm. that I record but then also taking those same chords or uh, same uh, single lines and playing that through synth or really manipulating uh, the recorded samples through like a granular synthesis uh, process and really uh, distorting it as much as I can. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. So who are we going to hear on this recording? So this is Johnny Smith and Louis Pino on marimba and other objects (laughs) (laughs) awesome so let's listen to it now this is out of grains within clouds
So uh, we've come to the last question that I always ask um, all the composers and artists who are on the podcast. How did you come to music as something that you wanted to pursue for your life? I mean, you mentioned before that, you know, you were considering a perhaps a life in ballet. So how did how did you get to music as something that kind of took your took hold of your interest? Well, even while I was studying dance, I I was studying music at the same time, so I kind of had these two passions going for quite a while. Um, but even listening to music through dance classes was pretty inspiring uh, and kind of opening the world of like Stravinsky uh, and really getting into to those sounds early on was pretty inspiring. But um, it wasn't until high school where I was writing songs with a band mm -hmm. and we were recording our own album and <clears throat> just hanging out in a recording studio all the time, which is super fun. And I just love being around that kind of space and experiment with sounds in these different ways. And I just knew that that's what I wanted to keep doing in some way. So were you were you playing like keyboards or something or were you singing in the band? No, no. Oh, what were you doing? I was a guitarist actually. Ooh, all yeah. right. Yeah, I wrote the songs and wrote the lyrics, but I didn't sing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh before we go, can you tell people uh where if you know, if they liked what they heard, where they could find more of your music and if they wanted to reach out to you say on social media where they could do that? Sure. Uh, you can reach out to me on my website, uh, juliamermelstein.com. And you can okay. listen to my music there. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for doing this, Julia. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.